Ranking in the morning, ranking in the evening, ranking at supper time. When the Beatles are on the table, you can rank Beatles every time. Anytime. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, the Bagel Bites of Beatles podcasts, <laughs> meaning that uh, we're tiny and delicious, we'll burn your roof of your mouth, and we're probably best when you're drunk or high. Uh <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. This is Ranking the Beatles. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, episode number 48. Woo! Hi-o. Almost the big five zero. Getting there, the big fitty. I'm excited about it. Yes. It's coming up. Uh, everybody, I am your host, Jonathan. Over here to my left, as always, is the illustrious and smart and vibrant and intelligent and fantastic... Go on. Julia. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. I hope you're all having a good week. Julia, how's your week going on so far? That's all right. Can't complain. Yeah, it's been malarkey-free. Malarkey-free Monday. It's malarkey-free Monday, everybody. Woo-woo-woo! MFM. That's what we're, uh, <laughs> we're calling it now, malarkey-free Mondays. Uh, that's, that's the, we've been talking about how to do a rank in the Beatles shirt. I don't know how we could tie a Malarkey Free Mondays into a Beatles podcast. I just want like a shirt that says Malarkey Free Monday, and no one will understand what it means. (laughs) You can uh, wear your Malarkey Free Monday shirt uh, under your Paul shawl (laughs) and be nice and warm. And then people are like, what does that mean? I'll be like, you should listen to Ranking the Beatles. That's right. And they're like, I don't understand how those intersect. (laughs) And I'm like, maybe you should listen to the show. Maybe if you listen to the show. And then you would still not understand what that means because we have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Because we don't even know, and it's our show. Well, like we said, best enjoyed while drunk or high. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Um, anyway, I hope you guys are in whatever condition you enjoy listening to our podcast in and ready for a uh, fantastic another ranking of another uh, fire hot Beatles song. That's what we do. If you've never listened to our show before, uh, we have a list of 223 songs recorded by the Beatles, and I have ranked them. Uh, from least favorite to most favorite, and I say that uh, because I love all the songs. I I don't dislike any of them. Uh, I just like some of them less than I like others. So that's how we have them ranked. And every week we talk about a new song with a different guest. Every now and then we bring back an old guest. That's what we're going to do today. We've got a repeat guest coming back from all the way back in our third episode. Like, we're reaching back to the... Uh, the OG level here. Uh, for those of you who may not know, and even for those of you who do, um, I do Moonlight in a Beatles tribute band here in New Orleans called The Walrus. Uh, we don't dress up. We don't wear costumes. We're not period appropriate. You just play the songs we just real pl- good. We just play the music real, real good. <laughs> um, but we, uh, our guest today is the uh, bass player and uh, one of the other singers in the group. Uh, he is also a bass player and founding member of the band Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes, one of the most venerable and beloved New Orleans funk rock party bands. I don't even know how to describe them. It's like they're they're their own hybrid of rock and funk and you know New Orleans awesome-ness. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but you just should go have a good time. Yeah. Don't question it. Just go. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what it's all about. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's a good dude, and we've spent a whole lot of time together over the last year. As all we've done musically is play Beatles songs, because uh, that's all we could do during uh, during quarantine was play on people's porches, and everybody wanted to hear the Beatles. So we got real intimate with the music over the last year. So I thought it would be fun as we approach this uh, year mark uh, of of the pandemic and the lockdown and changing of the music industry into whatever it's become over the last you know year, uh, where all of our bands were banished from working except for the Walrus. Uh, so I wanted to kind of look back and see how our thoughts on this music has changed a little bit over the last year that we've become so uh, in-depth uh, associated with it. So, without further ado, I think let's go ahead and uh, let's do it, shall we? Yes. Wonderful. Friends, please welcome to Ranking the Beatles. One more time. Please welcome back to Ranking the Beatles the way we should do it. Let's bring them on back out. Mr. Dave Pomerlow. Tell me why, why, why. Pomerlo, welcome back to Ranking the Beatles, my friend. How are you? How y'all doing? We're good, man. How's awesome. it going? Thanks for inviting me back to my second yes. Ranking the Beatles podcast. Were you our second or third guest? I, I mean, I should know this. I want to say third. I think you were third. I don't know where yeah. I'm getting on number three. I, I think third was was correct. Yeah, and you were actually... Kyle did uh, the German songs, and then Adam did Mr. Moonlight, yes. and then I think it was Dave, yes. right? Yes. And you, yeah. man, you were top five until very, very recently I can't in terms that. of overall listens. Because I think what was happening, or what, what's, what's been happening is uh, people discover the show, and then they go back to the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, and then just kind of go from there. But, like... You were holding that top five spot for a good you while. Know, you that just does, fell that, out top five. I think you're still at first. I felt seven, good about maybe. that, but now I'm thinking about it. I think that's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, she probably she's listened to your episode up. like 225 <laughs> times. She's downloaded on every device that she has. <laughs> my baby will be first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back. I know she's glad to have you back. And in person, though. Yeah, in person. Oh, my goodness. This is the... Is this the second or third that I think it's the third we've done in person? Wait, who else? Did well, we indoors. Do? Indoors. Who else did we do? Indoors? We did Paul Sanchez. Yeah, so this that's is the it. second one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. you're right. You're right. We've done a couple outside. Yes. But it's nice to be inside where we don't have to listen to other people's air conditioning. Right. And uh, saws and things this of is that a good nature. Room. It's a warm room. It's very <laughs> nice. Your mother told me <laughs> last night at our show that when she listens to the podcast, she never hears. Either, you know, the air conditioning's turning on or the... She said one time she heard an airplane when we were outside. Oh, but yeah. all the things that I worry about, she says she doesn't hear. Oh, that's nice. Which makes me feel good. Did she say that un- unprompted from you? Like, unprompted. Is she suddenly like a sound engineer expert? <laughs> I, she, I think she just wanted to like let me feel a little more assured of my editing skills. That's Margaret. made me feel good. <laughs> I love it. She wants you to think that you're doing a good job. I, who doesn't want to hear that, especially on Mother's Day? But not oh. as good as Julia. Yeah, <laughs> she does make that very clear. She that loves is the uh, y'all. Dave's mom is like my one fan. That's the overwhelming. I have, I have a fan. Everyone else is like, "Yeah, Jonathan, you're so great." But Dave's mom is like, "Julia, you're doing it." Yeah. <laughs> well, so since we last had you on the show, obviously, uh, 
I've talked to you a whole bunch, but mm-hmm. for our guests who are playing catch up or maybe just uh, uh, just tuning in for the first time and haven't heard the first one, how has the last year been for you? I know Johnny Sketch has been kind of out of work like most bands. Yeah, not too much Johnny Sketch. Um, a lot of a lot of Beatles gigs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess there's. Uh, did we talk about? I don't remember talking about this last time about how I. I I don't think we did much because like it was the, it the was whole so like how's your quarantine going like wasn't the initial conversation because like it was still like so new. well this will just last for a couple more weeks right. so I was never yeah, like asking still about it. That, but now it's like that, yeah tell us how your year so, was man. Uh, <laughs> you know we put the Walrus uh, the Beatles cover band the Walrus together for a friend of mine's wedding about fifteen years ago mm-hmm. and since then we've played maybe three times a year yeah. Which is hard to believe after this year. Mm-hmm. And this past year, we've played more Beatles than, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. People want to hear the Beatles. I think, you know, I have the theory that it's just, it's comforting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Every age group, you know, loves the Beatles. It's yeah. just a good, um, you know, great music. It's the only c- band cover band I could do. Yeah. You know? Sure. Just because the music is so helpful. as like a devoted band project, right. you think? If I yeah. was going to do one cover band, it has to have to be the Beatles. Yeah. Maybe Rush if I could sing like Ooh, Eddie. Man. Ed, that's gonna, you know that's, that's there's not much of a market. For that. <laughs> I you know what? I feel like if you uh, joined forces with uh, with Kyle, yeah, and uh, with Steven yeah. from 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 my band, you guys could do it. That's good to yeah. know. That's they, good to know. We were setting up for a show last week, and all of a sudden, they're you know back there like doing some kind of rush thing. I'm like, God damn it! Yeah, so so many notes. You're not a big rush man. It's not my cup of tea. And you either love them or you really don't like them. We uh we were on tour one time, and they were playing in Milwaukee at this festival we were doing. So we were off the next day. So Stephen was like, "I'm buying everybody rush tickets." We all went to rush. Uh, at Summerfest in Milwaukee, and man, I was just <laughs> bored out of your skull. Yes, come on. Seeing them live, it wasn't it, somewhat. It was. I mean, it was entertaining in terms of like they're really talented. What year was it around? Twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen. See, Getty Lee's voice definitely. See, he started losing his voice, ah, okay. and of course, even at his best, people absolutely hate his sure. voice yeah but um he, he really started losing his his just his, his, his range yeah uh so it's t- it was tough to listen to like yeah. the last concert at, at uno it kind of takes you out of the hearing when you're hearing the songs and and then and you can't really do it it's it's like it's kind of sad but how does that do you have that same kind of feeling if you go to like say a mccartney show because his voice has definitely changed uh, and he doesn't have kind of that high range that he used to. I guess maybe he – I don't think he was a as – when he was a kid was as aggressive mm-hmm. at um, what key they would do songs in. You know, mm-hmm. Rush would purposely put him in that squawking yeah. thing. Yeah, true, true. And I guess maybe McCartney is good at arranging the songs so that they kind of – develop mm-hmm. as he ages maybe drops the key it'd be like if he just like you that. know had like a set full of like i'm downs and helter right. skelters and 
Long Tall Sally's where it's just constantly up here, like yeah. the whole you know, for his but whole career. I gotta say, man, he doesn't take a break. Mm-mm. He sings lead on every song. I I would not be able yeah. to do. That. I wouldn't be able to do that ten years ago. I think he it's just start, he just he started can... drinking water during a show really? in the last few years. Yeah, because he does. He never really that was his takes thing. A break and, and Elvis didn't that. drink water on stage, so they didn't drink water on stage. That oh was always gosh. like the thing. And he, um, but he used to his concerts were thirty minutes, yeah. twenty five minutes, and now they're over three hours. And I just yeah. I can't believe. And to, even when you said, "What about someone like McCartney?" I I'm not aware that his voice has deteriorated yeah. at all. I mean, it's, I mean, it it's just sense. it's the age of a guy that's eighty He's that's 80. been <clears throat> singing for eighty sixty five years, yeah. roughly. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. No, he he sounds incredible, and I think he's ve- he's just a natural arranger to where he probably does little tricks to, yeah. mm-hmm. to kind of give him some... Yeah, you, you hate know. to say it's deteriorated. It, it's, it's just, just changed. It's the change. Yeah, it's not, not bad. Like, yeah. it's just, he changes the songs a little bit to suit where his voice sits now. Totally. And he still sounds great. His, it's, right. It hasn't gotten worse. It's just kind of aged yeah. like, with him. If you want to talk like deterioration, like Brian Wilson in the 70s, his voice deteriorated mm-hmm. from you know drugs and cigarettes yep. and the whole thing. Uh, and it took him a long time to rehabilitate that right. with Paul. I, like you said, I think he really works to, uh, to write to what he is developed. Yeah. Uh, like on the, on the McCartney three record, he does a lot of like falsetto things. Cause that's just kind of where he's, I think feeling, you know, strong right now. And he, and yeah, he's not writing. She's a woman. Yeah. In, in this, this day and age, Yeah, you know, yeah. so that makes sense. Also, do we know how late he smoked cigarettes? I think up he in was t- smoking through, during the Beatles. Yeah, they were all heavy smokers. I think he probably quit somewhere in the eighties. Yeah, oh that guess. late. Wow. Yeah, okay. I I, yeah. I think so. I mean, I know John smoked until he died. Uh, Ringo smoked until through the eighties, uh, and George uh, obviously. Well, he smoked until the mid eighties and then gave it up. But I think he might have been off and on. Okay, but obviously that I'm you surprised know, Linda didn't get away with that mm. through. Through the eighties, yeah. Too. I don't know if it was like all the way through the eighties. It might have been that he Sometime stopped early then. on, because yeah, like they got pretty health conscious. Super, yeah, you know? I knew. I know they were super, especially in the eighties. They got right. very into it. Like I think, if I had to guess, um, you know, they were always vegetarian as as they went on, and then as that kind of developed into a business opportunity, you can't much go out and like tout the health benefits of something while also being on camera smoking, you know. Meat's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Cigarettes good. Well, they weren't so bad back then. Like, they... Well, and that's the other thing. By the 80s, everyone knew. Yeah. They were still smoking on planes in the 80s, I guess. Yeah. I guess it wasn't For sure. In restaurants. Like, yeah. I mean, people knew. They just... Nobody was fighting it. You know, like... It wasn't sort of, like, universally accepted. The money was still there for the advertising that Mm. nobody wanted to kind of fight against that but you know it's it's wild sometimes when you look at uh you know video or footage you know pictures of them in abbey road and every band member is smoking george martin is smoking every every engineer is smoking i'm just like oh my god your clothes must have smelled terrible like i think of like after like playing a show in a smoky bar and coming home and like taking my clothes off and it's like oh it all smells terrible yeah that Uh, was like such a great change when they shut down smoking and bars like mm -hmm. you could go out and not and come not home and like, like it's because yeah. it, you know like I have more hair than you guys. Yeah, it, it gets, gets stuck, stuck in your yep. hair, and then you're trying to sleep, and it just stinks, and you're like, oh, yep. gross. 
It's, it was but terrible. But you did get to smell the natural smell of some of these bars, like Mix on the Anvil, <laughs> and it's like, get the smoking bag. <laughs> I, uh, it, it hit a lot. To touch on what we were saying earlier, though, you know, over the last year, obviously, um, I think both of us have probably played more Beatles music than anything else, and probably more than we've ever played Beatles music in our entire careers. Um yeah, it felt like, you know, we'd gone from like three or four shows a year to like three or four shows a month, which was like way more for us. Just uh, a, such a huge leap. So, yeah. you know, in processing all this and playing all this music, I know there was definitely a time where you were like, I'm tired of playing the Beatles, man. <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. Well, we added a bunch of new songs. Yeah, and, freshened and it up What a really, bit. what I really like about it is that we're able to add you know, two new songs with with only a text like, hey, yeah. let's add these songs, and we're very good about learning them on our own. Yeah, There's something about rehearsing a cover band that seems kind of pointless because if you're playing the songs like they are on the album, then you just play along to the album, and mm-hmm. that's your rehearsal. Yeah. Now, the rehearsal is the way to get all the guys, making sure everyone sure, is playing sure. along with the song, but... We're very good about like misery. We added misery. If we to can the get set. to a, a show and two, you know, an hour and a half before stage time, we can rehearse. Yeah. Like that's our <laughs> rehearsal time. Yeah. So and these are songs that I can we can sing mm-hmm. the the vocals just from memory, and then yeah. you just go and fill the chords, and it's it's like it gets easier the more songs you learn, especially doing one band. Yeah. Even a band like the Beatles that do break out of all the. Uh, normal patterns and stuff you do you do still kind of like get used to what they do right you know so you know thinking back on the last year uh i guess what has what has changed for you in the way you view this music or or you know what have you learned what stuck out to you about the things that maybe you weren't noticing a year and a half ago because like, we've really question. been ensconced in this music know, really for like a year. We, like yeah. When I think about the year that I had, it was just all Beatles. Uh, from what I was playing to what I was reading and researching and editing and listening to. like every, yeah. All I did was listen to the Beatles in 2020. One thing that – I don't know if this exactly answers your question, but something that was unexpected for me was – uh, kind of realizing, I don't know if it's from playing them so much or I'm ve- I'm kind of removed from listening to them recreationally like mm-hmm. a lot. Sure, you know, uh, so so if I go back and listen to a song that we play at every gig, it's really a cool experience because I'm so used to just hearing our version of it, which yeah. it doesn't, you know, it in a lot of ways it doesn't sound anything like it because it's a studio and it's you know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really cool to like listen to the stuff. You'd think I'd be more, so sick of it that I don't want to hear it, but yeah. it's like really cool to hear it like the right way, right? You know, yeah. and and there's some level of like not guilt, but it's just when I when we play it, it's kind of like we're it's our version of it. Yeah, and I think we do a really good job oh, of, sure. of doing it, and we do it absolutely mm-hmm. true to the to the way they did it but just hearing like paul's bass tone it's mm-hmm. like i can listen to that all day yeah the um the the famous um beatles rock band leaks mm-hmm. where the multi-tracks from uh abbey road leaked yep. i can just listen to the bass track yeah of the whole album oh, and so sing good. along yep. to it i mean it's it's the best sounding bass i can imagine yeah you know 
I, I, I can't tell you guys like how many people have come up to me during your shows and just been like, they're so good. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, like they're all, all four of them are very talented players on their own. A, a guy, a guy came up to me yesterday and he's like, oh, I thought I was going to come out here and just hear a, I don't remember the word he used, but I knew what he was saying. Like, like, here's, I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your, you know what I mean? It, <laughs> Yeah, just some sort of like half-ass, yeah, like and, thrown and, and together. We're working way too hard. <laughs> I know, right? So you know, a, mo- a lot of it is Andre. Like Andre will not let us play a song unless we are like doing the three-part harmony yeah. that is behind the lead vocal. You know, yeah. he's very he he's very serious about nailing the parts. And also, I always say like a, a tribute band is like you dress up like them and you try to talk the do the little banter in between and. I don't have any interest in doing that. No. I want to play the songs as true to the recording as you can, which to me is way better than mm-hmm. dressing up like them. For sure. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. You know? A lot of people will come up to me and say, so which one are you? Are you John or, or Paul? I'm like, I don't even care about that. Right. You yeah. Know? We both sing yep. John and Paul songs. Um, so... Yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's just going back and listening to the songs and and discovering new depths of like, yeah. God, this is good stuff. <clears throat> you know, yeah. I it's think my... mind blowing that I can be. I, I'm not sick of them anymore. Yeah. I think it, that was adjusting to how often we were playing. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But now it's like it's gotten easier. I'll yeah, find it myself, almost feels like it gets easier. Yeah, it gets way. I'll find myself thinking about just random like. Uh, stupid stuff during a song <laughs> while I'm singing lead vocal and I'm thinking about like picking up the dry clean right. and I, it's like I guess I can do that it's like muscle memory but yep. on a way deeper level yeah, yeah. You know? I think that one of the things that surprised me was gaining um, appreciation over the last year and not getting burned out uh, yeah. from a playing perspective um, or even like a researching perspective with like what we do with the show um, I really there's been a couple times where like I've gotten in the car after a gig and like pulled out and driven off and turned on the radio and a Beatles song's on. I'm like, yeah, cool. You it on. <laughs> like, yeah, I just played this, but I love it. Yeah. It's so much cooler. Um, yeah. So I, I do feel like I'm like digging in deeper on things. Totally. And, um, and yeah. And as a player, you know, I feel like musically it's, it's making me a better musician mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a surprising uh, yeah. turn for the year. I agree. I like agree. I kind of felt like, and there were times where Julia was like, "Are you burned out yet?" And I'm like, "No, I think I'm okay." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, well, because I feel burned out all the time. Like right. I am. COVID <laughs> has left me a shell of myself. Like I have zero <laughs> energy, yeah. and so I am all like, he's working full time and then playing all these Beatles shows, and I'm like. Please tell me if you're tired. Yeah, like, don't overdo it. Like, totally. be very conscious and, and about like I, I, your time. I, I, and I'm guessing for Jonathan that like that is the things part of the thing that keeps him from getting burned out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it is for me. Yeah, you know, if I go play, not I don't want to put any other band that I play with down. But like, just the Beatles stuff. It's so just light and fun mm-hmm. and easy. But it's not to like you said. Uh, you said, you know, you can dig deeper into them. And so it makes me think of the two sides of the spectrum. Like if we were in a, like a, uh, a, a, f- 
fish cover band and we had to learn this crazy <laughs> music and like 20 minute arrangements i would burn out on that play the yeah. version from haunted the beach in 98 oh okay you know i don't know if that's a great example but something way more uh technical yeah and and involved mm-hmm. i would definitely burn on that and then on the other side of the spectrum if it were folk songs if we were playing this land is your land mm-hmm. all you know three or four times a month i would absolutely burn that so the beals it's like three minute songs easy sing along but not obvious where the chords go and all like still right. fun to play and the mm-hmm. bass lines are super fun and like the melodies are, are great to sing so yeah. it is really again it's like the perfect cover band like the the thing that i was i was kind of thinking about recently was you know because when we do a show it's almost always to a receptive audience because right. it's like who doesn't want to who doesn't like the music that so makes you, it easy you're walking too. in yeah. already like you know totally. five bucks up totally um and we've <laughs> done it so much though. now we know it so well that now the challenge is not like are we gonna do this right it's like how good can we do yeah. it Right. Uh, and you know, and now the more we do things, and like the longer we've done it, like there, are, like the the big thing that I keep like really loving to hear is the stop at the end of the bridge in Ballad of John and Yoko. Uh, oh yeah, don't take nothing with you, but your soul. Think like hearing that space, and you hear that like kind of slap back off yeah. of whatever. I'm like, oh, that was tight. Yeah, like I love yeah. that moment. That's yeah. always like a great part for me. Um, yeah, so kind of like he, like knowing like like sensing your own improvement yep. and seeing like how much better we are than we probably were you know two or three years ago Definitely. is you know that makes it fun Definitely. and it's never like a chore to go play the show because it's like well the only challenge i have is like can i do this song without reading the lyrics tonight right <laughs> it's like right. that's like my one kryptonite and um, it's not audience it doesn't make it stuff that doesn't make a difference yeah. to the audience even so like, much. like we, you know with other bands, if we played a show to nine people like we did for a private birthday yeah. event, I'd have probably been like, man, this is nine people. This sucks, man. But with like with this, it's great. It's like fun. Those nine people love it, <laughs> and, and we're so having fun. fun. Yeah. yeah, And they go by so fast for me. Just, yeah. I, I guess because mm-hmm. the music is good. We're not playing long songs and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, that I really – that is a huge thing that, like, you don't have to think about – are the people going to like it at yeah. all? Like, what yeah. a what a gift. That takes uh, so much the, weight off of, like, like it, and it makes it no are, pressure. And you guys no are pressure. so comfortable that you have fun on stage. Like, you, the four of you obviously love playing these songs. You obviously yeah. love the Beatles. And you love these songs. You're, yeah, you're yeah. not just, like, trying to be a fucking nerd about it. You're, right. like, <laughs> you know them so well and you appreciate them that you just play them with joy. Yeah, a lightness. And, too. Yeah, yeah, and it... Yeah. It just seeps into the crowd, and, like as someone standing in the crowd watching you guys. Like I don't get tired of the show. I'm, I've been to almost all of your shows. Right, yeah. Like I go to pretty much all, unless it's like a private thing where it, I'm, you know, not able to come. But like most of the time, I'm there, and I always have fun. Like I always go into it thinking, like, okay, this is like my three hundred and seventh show. Like whatever, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit on the side. Like totally. maybe I'll read Twitter. No, I pay attention the whole time and have a blast. And if people come out, I'm like, stop talking to me. I'm watching the show. I love this song. <laughs> there is there is definitely a comfort level that that the audience can sense. I'm and yes. I, I'm a big. That's a big thing with me for like playing live is like no matter how good you are if you're like stressed out on stage Mm -hmm. 
it people will sense that in some maybe even an unconscious way and oh just, for sure tell. um so that to me that's and i think i've always awesome like talked craft. to you about that like about live shows like when a band like if they sort of like on the fly try to cover something and it's not perfect but they have a good time doing it totally. no yeah. one gives a it shit works. It's like fine. not a musician <laughs> don't know that you're fucking up this chord like whatever but you're having fun everyone's laughing you're having a good time yeah. it's a moment it's your talented present, musicians like, knew how little lay people actually oh my God. not only don't notice but don't care don't yeah. care like yeah. people actually love when you mess up yeah. stuff sometimes because it leads to really cool moments mm -hmm. yeah. but if you talk to someone who's like well you didn't put you know sometimes i'll have these guys that are like after a song ends oh you didn't play that g minor seven <laughs> after the thing i'm like uh we're literally in between songs can we talk about, like you can punch me in the face when the show is over give me notes later let's keep just jonathan and i'm, really and I'm doing this while i'm talking i'm going shut the fuck up <laughs> jonathan really ate shit on the intro of if i fell that was pretty, which yesterday i i blew that hard Did it was you? Bad. yeah and and that <clears throat> makes me yeah. smile like that yeah. i'm like you will never catch me going Right, you know, like that. <laughs> if that is, if anything, you make your smile bigger yeah. and you pretend like that's what we meant to do. And it's yeah. always good because, like, I, you know, like I know if I'm, even though like I'm blowing it, you're gonna land in the right spot. Um, I'll meet you there at totally. some point. Exactly. I might take it. Might take me a few rounds to get there, but totally. I'll get there, and then we'll be fine. It's kind of a fun little challenge. It's like, can I keep singing the melody perfectly? <laughs> <laughs> the chords are just crazy I'm, behind just, me. I'm, I'm like. I was so off. It was wait so for bad. this clown to catch up over here. Well, that's a tough moment because it's literally like vocals and one guitar. Yep. Yeah. And I'm just going, oh, this is the one moment I can't blow. Oh, but it was you fine. It. Yeah, yeah, it was completely fine. No yeah. one notices or cares. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever think that you'd have this much uh, enjoyment in a Beatles cover band? Did you ever think Only you'd be in a Beatles cover band? Yes. Aside from just like the, we'll do it for my friend's party. So I didn't know it until we played that that wet that first wedding, mm -hmm. and then I was like, "That was awesome. Let's yeah. do this more often." I had no idea it was gonna be that much fun, and of course, I was super stressed out about. It oh I yeah, that's just, when you're stressed about. That's it. when I was really learning all the stuff. Yeah. Also, I mentioned it on the last last podcast is i didn't get into the beatles until i was 20 years old right i thought they were overrated i heard all the radio songs and i'm like it's a good song you know yeah mm. of course it's a good song and then i like, no three eleven. just yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly. shout out to celeste all right. it's no closer to the heart <laughs> so um it took me a long time to to really go, oh, wow, there's a lot more going on here than I realized. And then I fell headfirst into it, and I just started swallowing it, which can take us to this song, because when I did go through my huge Beatle phase, I only listened to the British albums. Yeah. So uh, so it took you a while to get to this one, I guess. I, a really long. I mean, I had never played it until we started playing it, yeah. just to – not long ago at all. So yeah. this, yeah, it, it is kind of cool that this song is, there's also a few Beatles songs that I don't know very well, and I like to try to keep it that way. Ooh, Ooh okay. Thank You Girl is one. Yeah. It's like every time I oh, listen to it, I feel like I'm oh. like destroying my love of it a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because when I hear it, I still have that same joy. Yeah. I'm like ah. hearing it for the first time, and I couldn't tell you what the bridge in Thank You Girl is. There I, is none. 
There is none. Yeah. Okay. It just goes back to that OO part. And I just, it's a song that I, I like. I love the harmonies. I don't mm-hmm. know what the chords are. I don't want to know what the chords are <laughs> unless one of y'all wants to play with the band, which I'll be happy to do. I love it. <laughs> it's, a, it's just I'll, such I'll a great song. I'll text for the next rehearsal. <laughs> and I don't hear it that often. So there's cer- yeah. certain things. And this was one up until not long ago. Um, See, that's so fun because, like, I never, like, I haven't had that. Uh, that first time feeling in, with the Beatles in years. I mean, yeah, probably a couple of decades now. Like, uh, I just I I've heard everything. Yeah. I mean, aside from like outtakes and like uh, alternate, you know, like you know, you know, session tapes and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but hearing like a new song for the first time, I haven't done that in I don't know how long. And like, she just heard "Cry Baby Cry" for the mm. first time two weeks ago. It was like, I love this. Yeah. I've never heard it. And I'm like. I've never heard this. Very deep. I know I've second. played this album before. She's yeah. like, I've never heard this song. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I've let's... been singing in my head since I heard it. Did y'all <laughs> get? Did y'all? Ta- I haven't listened to Paul Sanchez. Have y'all talked about the little? Can you take me back? Where yeah, I we brought. Came so we talked about that, that at the end of the show, or the end of the, uh, kind of wrapping the conversation okay. about the song, and there's not much to it because like it doesn't. It it's not got like a backstory. It's just him noodling Does around. Does it show up on anything else? No. Uh, no it, well, it's, it's, it's on the box set for okay. the White Album. Yeah. Like I think there's a little bit extra of it, but it's literally uh, he was taping "I Will." Okay. And just noodling while okay. they're checking levels and stuff, and coming up with little ideas and just bullshit, and then they just. And then it's like, how do you decide that fooling around on "I Will." Like is gonna be included on the final White yeah. album, and it's gonna be after Cry Baby Cry. Like, how do you well, make you that know, decision? Drugs, drugs. Yeah, drugs. <laughs> I mean, so they 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 had like a twenty four hour session where they decided the final running order of the record, mm-hmm. and they you know sequenced all the in between track time and the transitions and things like that. And so this obviously like the the decision for that was made that day. Yeah, like Paul, I think Paul knew that that thing existed and. He's I, like, if, if John's going to put Revolution 9 on. <laughs> well, think about it. Like, the, the transition between Cry Baby Cry into Revolution Number 9, there's got to be something to bridge that gap. Yeah, that's true. Because it's true. such a stark place to go. That's true. Uh, and the way I saw it, and I don't necessarily think that Julia and Paul agree with me, but I find that whole 11 minutes of Cry Baby Cry to Revolution 9, like, really creepy and eerie. Yeah. Um, and I think that the can you take me back part is kind of that like, and the way it like fades off yeah. a little bit, it's kind of like the welcome into the dark. Side yeah, that's section. true. You and know, it like, is very like echo reverb. It kind of like just leads of, you into this yeah. dark place, yeah, dark yeah. place. And it's really fucking weird to me. It's uh, cool. It's effective though. It's, yeah. Like, it's yeah, a really right. effective move that I think, that. I think he, they, he knew what they had yep. and must've said like, this is a great way to kind of make it like mm-hmm. a, an interesting transition. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's just, I think it's so abrupt. Right. To go cry, baby, cry. Just number nine. <laughs> what? So make it like What's this happening? whole moment thing. It it's almost it like thing. a little intro for, yeah. the, for the yeah craziness of yeah. It's weird. Well, <laughs> songs that are not weird are not, this week. Not Definitely weird. not. Weird. Let's uh, let's hop into this week's song. So coming in at number one sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> From me to you. <laughs> I got everything that you want. 
Uh, written by John and Paul at the end of February while on tour with Helen Shapiro, For Me To You was the third single in Britain and their first bona fide number one hit single, spending seven weeks at number one. It began life in the back of the tour coach the band was sharing with Helen Shapiro, Kenny Lynch, and a band called The Kestrels. Everybody remember. We all remember The Kestrels. Oh, for sure. Uh, where John and Paul were looking over recent copies of the new musical Express Paper. That's the NME for you hip UK rag readers. Um, and talking about the reader submitted letters section, which was called From You to Us. John apparently had the first lyric idea, and from there, he and Paul, he and Paul were off to the races. Right? Now, Kenny Lynch, a singer and comic and real all around entertainer kind of guy, the old, uh, kind of the old soft shoe song and dance man. Little razzmatazz. Little razzmatazz. <laughs> He's a uh, Sang that great song, Up on the Roof. When this old world stops getting me down. On the roof. That's a good song. Uh, anyhow. I could make a cricket sound. Right. Like <laughs> Dave and I are looking at each other I like, nothing. The fuck? <laughs> You've heard it. Whatever. There's a, uh, lot, of, a lot of songs I missed. Though. <laughs> so Kenny Lynch fancied himself a bit of a songwriter, even though he didn't write his own hit. Oh. Um, and joined the boys in the back of the bus to help them with the new song they were working on. About a half hour later, he emerged from the back claiming they couldn't be helped. They didn't know music from their backsides, and no more help was coming from Kenny Lynch. Uh, <laughs> Kenny really showed them. Kenny showed them. <laughs> Apparently, the real bone of contention was the post-bridge woo that they came up with, which Kenny thought was just entirely too effeminate. Yeah. Um, and they, the, John and Paul said, well, the kids are going to like it, so... Yep. Eat it, Kenny. John and Paul say, get the fuck out of the car. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> get out of the bus, Ken. Yeah. You uh, so a few days after writing the song, the band enter EMI Studios on March 5th to record their new single. Uh, From Me to You is now the A-side, uh, replacing Thank You Girl, which we ranked at 176, uh, which was going to be the A-side, was now slated for the B-side. The band capture the master take in seven tries and then add two suggestions from George Martin, a harmonica track, and a wordless lead vocal melody hook, which is a trick the band had never used until that point. Uh, now, as previously mentioned, this was the first time the band leaned into a big woo as a vocal trick, uh, and that's something that would become a major part of what they were doing uh, songwriting-wise then, especially with, like, She Loves You, uh, and become kind of an early trademark of early, of early Beatlemania and early Beatle music. The girls loved it. They did. You just shake the head and do a woo, and the ladies go crazy. Yeah. Faint. That's what we do at the Walrus shows. It never <laughs> fails. It yep. never fails. Um, so the song was released uh, in April of 63 uh, as a single in the UK, where it spent seven weeks at number one. was released the following month in the US on VJ Records, where it stalled out in the charts at 116 and was bettered in the charts by a cover by Del Shannon, uh, who had done some dates with the band in England and offered to record the track to give them some exposure. His version only hit number 77 in the charts. Now, the Beatles' version meandered on some budget label singles in 1964 uh, without much fanfare, despite the ongoing Beatlemania sweeping the country, uh, but it didn't appear on a Capitol album until 1973's release of the Blue and Red compilations. Uh, the track was actually performed live by the band throughout much of 1963 on tour and in numerous BBC sessions, including as the theme song for their long-running BBC radio program, From Us to You. 
Uh, and Paul, of course, has performed the song off and on over the years in his solo sets as well. So, why do I have From Me to You at 169? So, recently, I've had some people comment that it's weird that we have songs placed this low in the ranking, and then we don't have negative things to say about them that are indicative of that placement. And I kind of don't know what to say about that, other than that, like, every song needs a home, and I kind of ranked everything based on my own personal feelings towards the song, sometimes a gut feeling, sometimes thought out in depth, uh, but it's just where they end up, and that doesn't mean I don't love a song just because it's placed so low. Like I said before, it's like picking my kids. I probably shouldn't do it, but here I am. Uh, so that's it. have kids. It's like picking my favorite dog. <laughs> I shouldn't do it. Why do you keep saying that? It doesn't make any sense. And other that's why he's kids. picking Beatles songs, <laughs> right. Julia. I'm trying to relate to the others. <laughs> oh, okay. Some of our listeners have kids. Okay. So, uh, so that said, I love the song. Uh, it's a fun, energetic track. It's got all the hallmark, all the hallmarks of early Beatles songs. Um, there's the John and Paul unison vocal that I always talk about. I really love that. Where like they're so in tune with each other and on such a higher level. And they've already done this for so long that when they sing in unison, it really creates like this third voice. Like it's a different singer. It's not like a double track thing. It just sounds like a different person singing. And it's one of my favorite vocal sounds. And then you get the great moments at the end of the line where Paul breaks off into the harmony. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, you've got your, it's, you got your great catchy beetle hook, you know, right from the top. I love it. Uh, Ringo shine through with some great energetic fills in it, especially on the live versions that float out there where he really pushes the tempo and the energy. Um, and the fills are maybe a little bit busier than what he would normally be known for. Um, so it's almost like it's like his young punk phase. Um, you know, Paul always talks about the bridge of the song being kind of a big leap for them in songwriting growth. Uh, they use a C7 as a transition chord between the chorus and the bridge, which is the first time they try a more sophisticated move in an arrangement like this. And it's really, really effective. Uh, then from there, the bridge tricks you and goes to a G minor, which is completely unexpected in music theory land. And I'll let Dave touch on that later because I don't know how that works. Um, uh, but yeah, they, they're, they're great already at avoiding like cliche chord changes. And it's a really smart move that other songwriters and musicians aren't doing. Maybe Brian Wilson might have been like one of the only guys in the game that was thinking about that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was something that they, they tried and it was successful and gave them more confidence. And they're realizing at an early stage that they can break the rules already, and that's huge for where they're going to go. And it's all over in under two minutes. I think it's a fantastic little tune, and what it may lack in heft or weight, I think it really makes up for with energy and catchiness. So You literally said everything I prepared <laughs> at home. Well, thank you for listening to Ranking the Beatles. <laughs> um, but you can, you can agree. You don't have to dissent. Okay, so, yeah, I'll just comment on your statement sure <laughs> your honor <laughs> but take it deeper like i don't know so jack the, shit about theory well and this right, song the is like theory thing, heavy I, I, yeah, it is it is i don't i i don't want to get i don't know enough to say oh well they're using the sixth degree of this scale to, <laughs> right. but it is like the g minor chord for the bridge is so good and to touch on that um they really did seem to like uh, actively want to do more interesting theory mm -hmm. stuff, whatever you want to call it, harmony, you know, because they could have easily, the songs came so naturally to them, and I feel like if you have that going on, you don't really care what the theory stuff is because you know you have a hit song. Yeah. So I don't know if it, what follows what. Mm -hmm. Like, does the songs, do the songs that they were coming up with 
demand that they do more interesting changes or were they like no we, you know we cross town to learn this chord we want to use it in the song mm -hmm. um it's really interesting because a lot of times when someone wants to make things more interesting it turns into jazz yeah <laughs> yeah and we're talking about pop music yeah so it's that uh, just one of the absolute best things about the beatles is you can sing along to it and there's interesting chord changes mm -hmm. which is very rare yeah you know because the more you try the further you get away from the sing-along quality whatever that natural kind of i pulled this melody out of the air thing is that they have mm -hmm. um so right they start off with just the one chord it's in c to the a minor one six very common yeah very common um and then yeah they have that a minor which is it's kind of interesting going to the four they use like the one six and four but not in a usual way just right off the bat like those are four very or three very common chords mm -hmm. but they use them in a really interesting way um the bridge is where it gets good and i and i didn't know that that this was the first time paul said this was when we really started feeling like yeah, this was we, like they like they were they were like onto something as like as right. writers, not just like this is a good song, but they were like we just did something really different and, and, and cool. And so you always hear about like Rubber Soul or Revolver as like the hinge when they started getting super interesting, but any any point you go back to, there's always they were something. doing something yeah. to like move, and I, I just that's so hard to do, yeah, and still have hit songs. Like, yeah, I don't know, that's crazy. Um, the and so the bridge ends on that G augmented chord, which is super hip. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the, that, like, and that's a, a technique that I think is still prevalent in like modern pop music and like alternative rock, you know, from the '90s. Like, like staying on like just a, a G, a, like any you know major chord, and then just that just little half a step move, move yeah, up. Just moving yeah, one one little thing. Yeah. Um, Julia's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, let's. I'm well, sorry. What? I fell asleep. <laughs> so just to like, let's let me just cover the chord stuff because uh, the middle of the song is really interesting, the way they do that half verse. Mm -hmm. And this is not one of those songs that I'll, I always talk about, like symmetry with a lot of their songs, where the that middle part really kind of breaks it up in such an interesting way. Is that a solo in the middle? I. I yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it's just, a, like and a then they go thing. into yeah. just call on me, and it kind of comes out of nowhere to get them to yeah. the next bridge, right? Yeah. So that's really interesting. I, I, you know, I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that. Yeah. And then the ending is it. It took the walrus a few, I still, a few tries to. I still biff that on a regular basis. And all it is is they're just going down chromatically. Mm-hmm. But it's just so I don't know. It's so different. It's so yeah. interesting. There was no precedent. But it was written at a time where like nothing was like this was going on. And it's kind of show tuny, but not like in is. a cheesy way. Right. The way mm -hmm. it ends like that. Yeah. But um, and I think you know I think they always had kind of an understanding and appreciation of those like jazzy show tunes. Totally. That like oh honey pie. They, Honey. Perfect example. <laughs> like they could just pick and choose little things from those, yeah. you know, like using like ending with uh, 
the end of She Loves You with the sixth on yeah. the vocal. Like that's a real like that's a show, show tune jazzy ending. Jazz but hands. like totally. it works, you <laughs> know. Totally. And they're the ones that pushed for that. George Martin was like, eh, that's kind of old fashioned. Right. Like, Suck it, old man. We're right. gonna do it. Right. <laughs> and it's She Loves You. So <laughs> And then they, they do that little descending thing and then they still include a da 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 da. It's so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so good. Yeah. Um now you mentioned the the harmony or the unison vocal, which we've gotten in the band. Mm-hmm. I've like I've been thinking, God, we could do a whole set of unison vocals. Oh yeah. I love what you say about being a third voice because mm-hmm. it's so true. It's yeah. such a great sound. Um Can't Buy Me Love is the is the main one that comes to mind for me. Um, well, even like she loves you, it doesn't change. And right. it's a huge thing. You've lost your love. Just the ends yeah. of lines. I love mm-hmm. it. It's such a cool effect. Uh, this, and I guess the whole bridge is is in harmony, and the verses are un, unison and split at the end. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's just such a. It's such a simple song, like so many of their songs. It's so simple, mm-hmm. but not. It doesn't go where you think it'll go, and it. It's pleasantly surprising. It's you know, yeah, it's so good. Um, so that's all about all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's so funny. Like so many times on the show, we've talked about how like the the Beatles have such a wide appeal mm-hmm. to. Just people in general, like different ages. Like when you when you go to one of your concerts, obviously we can't see the Beatles now, but like <laughs> if you go to one of your shows and you just look around at the people that are watching, little kids, there's like kids, yeah. there's old people, yeah, there totally. there's you know people of color, there's white people, oh, there's yeah. like super cool, like very hip people, yeah. there's like lame-o basics like me, <laughs> like and everyone's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Not only do they just sort of appeal to like all of people i think there's also sort of like this appeal to musicians and non-musicians right. where they're like on the surface every like especially their early stuff everything is like super catchy glossy and wonderful yeah. and it sucks you in and you're gonna sing it for the rest of the day at, if you're and lucky not know anything about music theory yeah or music or, and yep. yeah but then when people that are musicians listen to it and you guys dig a little deeper and you're like, oh, but they do this cool little thing here. And I don't know anything about that. Like none of everything that you just y'all just said is like fucking what? Right. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, right. But it, it's different. so interesting to you and it keeps it fun for you right. mm-hmm. and it keeps it challenging for your ears because you're always looking for these little things that you know are there. You just have to find them. And then you get very excited when you find them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like such a broad appeal to everyone. My it's blind amazing. spot is lyrics. I don't listen to lyrics at all. Like yeah. I've I realized to... that's become that's one of my things. Like as we talk about these songs more on this show and I like really sit and analyze lyrics, I'm realizing like whole levels of complexity and thought that I'd never considered before. Um it's always just like how did I miss this? I, and I I think I I give more credence and attention to like the energy mm-hmm. of a song and like mm-hmm. the vibe of a track and the feel of it right. as opposed to really like intensely reading those lyrics and like really taking that in um i think the the paul book coming out will be really good for you where he like talks about the songs in depth yes yeah Uh, and it's like 
it's not that I'm not into them. I just have to like force myself. I'm going to pay attention to the lyrics. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. I do that before every episode. Like I sit down, I pull up Apple Music yeah. and I play the song and I have the lyrics going and I read the lyrics as I'm listening to it. I do that quite a few mm-hmm. times and then I go read his notes yeah. and then I go back and listen and read a few more times just to like uh, another thing I was reading what. about to prepare is that is they talked about how this was in the era where everything was me and I and you and mm-hmm. they see they were they felt like they were singing directly to their fans yeah mm-hmm. you know which I thought was interesting yeah um, it, it, it's very smart because you know I think the thing they're always talking about is that creates uh, this relationship yeah. like the song is from them to the fans yeah. or uh, you know Paul's always like thank you little girl right uh, <laughs> They knew, they, oh, yeah. Yeah. they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly what they're doing. Ten yeah. boys. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Get Kenny bent. Lynch. <laughs> uh, but Kenny Lynch, uh, as we mentioned when we talked about him on the Misery episode not long ago, mm-hmm. um, Kenny Lynch uh, is on the cover of Band on the Run. Wow, he's like directly behind Paul on the cover of that album there. So they maintain some kind of relationship. That is some trivia right there. Right? You were wearing that t-shirt the other day. <laughs> I was. Yeah. How do you do on Beatles Trivial Pursuit? Uh, I'm okay. It's hard, isn't it? Like there are some questions hard. that are really hard. The one that I, I'll, I'll put, I'll remember this on my deathbed. <laughs> yeah. um, what was the name of the band that George sat in with when he came to visit his sister in America before the Beatles came to America? Wow. He has a sister, uh, Louise, who lived in, I think, Benton, Illinois. Really? And he visited her, spent some time in New York City, went and stayed with her in Illinois, and there was a band playing at, uh, like, a VFW hall or some shit, and she, you should let my brother sit in with you. He's a musician from England. (laughs) All right, come on up here, you know, tea drinker. (laughs) On your deathbed, you're going to be like, the floor vest. The four vests. The four vests. The four oh, vests. Bad. You're gonna yep. go curse you, Spicer. <laughs> like, Julia, and then that's it. Julia, come closer. <laughs> oh, four vests. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, and so the guys in the four vests, that's just like their claim oh, yeah, for the rest of their yep. lives. That's yep. amazing. Oh, yep. But uh, you could like, you could know every note of every instrument and every word of every Beatles song and know every detail about the recordings and the thing. What was the name never... of the plane that they came to America on? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot that one. That's not a Beatles <laughs> fan question. That has nothing to do with the Beatles. It's hardcore. That's like, like a Delta Airlines <laughs> fan Wait, boy what was it was um kyle knows it no hang on i gotta remember this um because it it's the plane that crashed in kenner yes in the 80s oh wow um uh, clipper 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 defiance jet clipper defiance yes (laughs) wait is that the same the exact plane that Uh, it's it's not the same plane but they would they they take the name and put it on like the the new one the new one but then Uh, when things like that happen they retire they retire Okay. So the Beatles came to America on Jet Clipper wow. Defiance, and then, it was and then un- years it was later, it crashed in Kenner, in Kenner Louisiana. <laughs> Not Ooh. far from your parents' house, huh? I remember True. that. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. I don't remember that. When did that happen? Uh, it was the, I was a kid, 80s. They were young. Yeah. I don't remember. 80s. I'm like, were we born yet? Yeah. They're yeah. not older than us. No, that's true. We had to have been, like, mm-hmm. toddlers. I think. 
I don't know. I kind of remember seeing it. I mean, I don't know. Look it up. You know, yeah. I'm curious to know. Beer podcast break. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Uh, 82. Oh, July of wow. 82. So I don't remember it. Or you might. You might just remember like a clip or something. Some people remember weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe it was the news was on and you just had like two, huh? You could have seen it on TV. Two years old. Like we remember weird things. Like you probably don't. I I don't think you remember details, but you might remember like a scene from the news. Like it just sort of settled in your brain because that's a jarring thing to see. Yeah, crazy. And it was like a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Uh, Yeah, it was July 9th of eighty-two. Few planes crash. Like it is a testament. <laughs> Knock it, on some it's wood. Unbelie- it, yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of blows my mind. Huh? Yeah, it's like so perfected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the Beatles. Um, well, wasn't it like? Uh, is it? Is it like Qantas, the Australian airline, has like the fewest number of crashes? Like really? they're super duper safe. Like whatever they're doing for their planes, are they're like they this, to... the best? Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it's that's like the Australian, okay. their main airline. Well, they only hire uh, koala Koalas. bears to be their pilots, and they're <laughs> they're <laughs> they're genetically no, they sleep predisposed too much. to they be. S- koala- well, they can't have, have kids, but that's a dad joke. <laughs> why do you think? Uh, why do you think autopilot was invented? Oh my god. <laughs> The, the koalas are great for the first like twenty minutes to get you in Tell the air. Tell your mom I'm sorry. I have Autopilot to quit the nap time. They're cute and they fly planes. <laughs> yep, they give you the little uh, better little than wings. kangaroos. <laughs> kangaroos just punch you. Yep, kangaroos are freaky. Excuse have me. you seen the big muscled ones? Oh that, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, they're it's bizarre. Like, excuse me, uh, uh, flight attendant, can I please get a water? Pow! Right in the face. <laughs> okay, so wait, the koala bears are the pilots, and the, the kangaroos, kangaroos are the, uh, the flight attendants. <laughs> Jonathan has a whole thing going on. It's like a kid's book. You it's like a Paul it. McCartney song. It is. This sounds like a McCartney song. Yes. Nice segue back to us. Yes. Oh, my God. So, it does sound like a Paul McCartney song. I do also want to say, one of, this is these early songs I always love going into because the studio versions are kind of like nice and quaint. little like jaunty tempo. Not too aggressive. But then live just... So I love that. Like yeah. Ringo's doing those spells, like, yeah. <laughs> where did this come from? He, does. he never does that He's again. He's showing off for all the girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you think of like the, the rest of his career is just like, it's like little light fills. And their voices are so in tune, like for as much as they're like harmonizing together, and they cannot hear a thing. I feel like that's why, especially over the last like year with like pork shows. And not playing like in clubs and not mm-hmm. ever having monitors. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, the Beatles never had monitors. Yeah. The Walrus doesn't need monitors. <laughs> we could do without it. And now, like, we're doing big in the '90s, and everyone's like, man, we need, we have one monitor. I'm like, you guys, this is luxury. Highfalutin. In ear monitors. <laughs> what is this future technology? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it to me. The more you know it, it's kind of like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Having that pitch kind of set in yeah. your head. Yeah. 
I don't feel like I'm going to lose my owners. Yeah, I feel like you guys are so low maintenance with the walrus. Like, it, we got it streamlined. Setting that yeah. PA up works so fast. Yep. It's, it's amazing. It's kind of cool. I like, like you don't rehearse. Everyone shows up on time. Yeah. Like practice. Just like we talk about practice. <laughs> <laughs> like you just get your stuff set up super yeah. quickly. You're ready to go on time. That's you entertain our own sound. the crowds. It's like, that's something I never did. Yeah. Before. I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit, but man. But we it's like a simple setup. Yeah. Like you don't do anything super fancy. You just like put up your little PA, set up your gear, play your show, entertain the crowds, pack it all we up. And we're out. I mean, and I'm just like, oh, we're done already. Yeah. Okay, we're going home. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my gosh. And like Felix is real fast. Like, He's really fast. Like I haven't even gotten my guitar in the case. He's like, well, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> do you want money? Like, and he shows <laughs> up like 10 minutes before he we just, start. Yeah, 10 minutes before amazing. every show. He sets up. He's like, "We'll go get a coffee." Yeah. You guys want it? <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you have time to get coffee every time? It's incredible. This is the uh, the life of a Beatles cover band. Yeah. I feel like we should talk to other Beatles cover bands. We'll have you on that. We'll do like a round table. We Beatles need to do like a discussion. like a setup competition with other Beatles oh. cover bands. You know, <laughs> I will say the more we do it, and the the tighter we get things, and like the better things are, the more I'm like, well. Would it be advantageous to like take it to the next level and like get a Rickenbacker, and yeah. like maybe oh, like get a Hoffner? You just want another guitar? No, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. You as long as you don't guitar. ask me to like put on a fake mustache, no, no wigs. Oh my god, I, I wouldn't, I'll, I'll get anything. I like wouldn't that. do the wig. I don't think I could ever do the wigs. And honestly, it's too hot for like suits. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't like playing a Hoffner. I would do the Rickenbacker. Yeah, I'm tempted to buy a Rickenbacker. They're expensive. They're like twenty eight hundred dollars. Then there's one on Facebook Marketplace for like fifteen right now. <sighs> See, they used to be fifteen new. <laughs> yeah, like five years ago. And then I looked at them, and they're yeah. twenty eight hundred dollars. And you can get like a Hoffner, like a not the low end cheap one, yeah. but like four hundred bucks for like the middle of the road one. That's good enough for a, getting that Hoffner tone. Yeah. Yeah, the more we do it, the more I'm like, man, man, it might sound really good to do, you know, all my loving with that Rickenbacker. Yeah. Yeah. Just for that one song, you need another guitar? No, I mean, I would use it for a good half the set. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That 12 string? I got to get some work done on it. It okay. doesn't stay in tune very it's well. Amazing. But and then also, like, I would, that would be better for Felix to play. Right. Which I'm fine with it, but it's just one more thing I'd then have to See, bring to the See, I don't care about the tone. It would be really cool if we got, like, matching in some way, like, instruments. Well, it's close because, like, I've got my uh, casino, and then Felix has the same sunburst on his 335. So it looks like, you, you know, know 66. I have a, a, a 335 base. It's Ooh. such a piece of shit. It looks awesome. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of just as important. Yeah. <laughs> So like we kind of have like the 1966 John and George on the same you know Epiphone Casinos look. All right, to next. The untrained all right, mind. yeah, you're right. I'm kind of the the asshole not playing. The odd man out with your fender. All right, I'll bring the 335 <laughs> next time. It looks it's good. It's red. It it, it looks like nice. That. All right, nice. All right. I'm well, glad, we, glad I came. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got that worked out. Is this out. what you brought me over here for? <laughs> this podcast has been paid for today by <laughs> the Walrus. We have a problem with your. Gator skin pick guard, Dave. It doesn't fit into them. <laughs> Dude, beetles never killed alligators, man. Uh, Paul, Paul anyway, would not approve. Right. Right. 
So how do we feel about me putting from me to you at number one sixty nine? How does that sit in the grand scheme of things? It hurts for me a little bit, but I don't envy you. I, I, you know, it took me a few rankings to go. You know what? Jonathan has a tough job. I won't judge. It's easy to be armchair <laughs> expert. Um, again, I, I thought you had a, a good disclaimer at the beginning. This does not mean that there. You picked a band where it's possible for songs to be this far down, and there's nothing you dislike mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm kind of mentally, I'm like, well, let me think about Beale songs that have not even like I dislike the song, but like have one thing that I dislike. Yeah. You know, and it, it, I would have to think about that. Well, like but. for for me, the episode that we released tomorrow, um, uh, "Fool on the Hill," mm. recorder solo. Oh, yeah. It's just <laughs> can't get past it, man. It's so yeah. goofy. It's obnoxiously goofy. But that song is just. Oh, it's a gorgeous God, song. It's so good, and it's, it's a, a gorgeous crazy song. song. It's like yeah, a, it's like a. Uh, we don't have to talk about another song. It's but gorgeous, it, but it gets it, like under undercut by yeah, this recorder. I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, Love You Too is one that just kind of like I know, grates I like on me it. a little bit. I don't like it. And it's not that I dislike the Eastern music. Because right. I love Within You Without You. I yeah. love the inner I light. Love, I love like, Within You Those are great. You. But something about just like that key in that song is just like giving me, it gives me like heartburn and anxiety. Can you I know? let you in on a little secret? Please. I'm doing my own ranking. I'm what? working on it. It's Ooh. very different. Podcast <laughs> exclusive. Podcast exclusive. That's I'm doing awesome. my own ranking. I'm working on it. It's a, I'm like putting time into it. Like, So are we going to hear any of this before his is done? Or is this like after he finishes, then we have supplemental material? I don't know. Another five years of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Julia's ranking the Beatles. Oh, my God. No, I would walk into traffic. There's no way. Absolutely not. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with it. He was like, you should do your own ranking. I was like, okay. I'm going to do it. So I, I think started maybe when it. we hit when we get to like um maybe when we hit like 150 we'll start we'll do like a side episode and catch up from your 223 to your 150. Mm, that's a good mm, idea. Yeah. There's also about uh, just one more thing about Love You Too. There's something about early George songs that I get the sense he had like a this weird chip on his shoulder for as oh, PC yeah, as he man. was yeah. in the early stuff. It's like, you like me too much. And that's just like, it's don't kinda, bother me. Don't bother me. It's all kind of like, if I needed someone, bit. right? Exactly. Like, that's like the cruelest one. Like if I needed someone to love, <laughs> I guess you'd be, I guess right. you'd be they fine. All, they <laughs> all have this very like overt, yeah. uh, like he's a don't salty think I'm bitch. Too nice. Yeah. Like he was, <laughs> he was mean. Everything has like a dissonance. In a l- a dissonance. Stuff. Like I, I think about that one chord, and I want to tell you, that's just right. like donk donk donk. What the fuck is that noise? Right. right. Um, yeah, he's got some. Uh, so he's he, a little salty about things. He really. I mean, which is why I think like a song like "I'm Happy Just to Dance with You" comes off as weird. Right. And like, right. are you though? Yeah. <laughs> are you happy? You yeah. because you don't seem happy about much else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which for a guy who's you know. Swimming in, swimming in a Scrooge McDuck pile of money and <laughs> marrying arguably the prettiest woman in England yeah. in 1965, like doing yeah, okay. He definitely had a had a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. I guess when you're in a band with John and Paul, and that's the, you I, know I, that's the other thing is like you're the third best writer totally. with the two best writers in front of you. Like totally. what do you do? Totally. Yeah, so 
I'd probably be, be a bitch too. about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bitchered. Oh, goodness. Do you want to let us in on a on a secret of where this falls on your ranking? Do oh, you know? I don't think I got this far yet. Okay, okay. I I think I did like a. I forgot. I think I did like twenty or so. Am I in the ballpark with where I have it? You think? Um, I, possibly because I'm thinking about like the songs that we've already done, and there's definitely some that I like better than this, mm-hmm. and there's definitely some that I don't like as much as this. So. I don't know. I, I'm yeah. So I'm still trying. I'm still thinking about your question. I mean, I absolutely love this song. There's nothing that kind of strikes a bad chord for me. The only knock is that it's just an early song and it's very simple and just they still just that joyous so period. And yeah. So there's nothing like you know. I like the dark and kind of interesting stuff. This is completely yeah. the opposite. There's not a lot to say about it. It's right. It's a, it's a good song. It's it's fine. It's I amazing. Don't... Okay, how about this? If the Beatles had stopped writing music after oh. "For Me to You," would we be talking about it with the same? Oh yeah, no. This song is so good, and the the chords are so interesting. Right. I don't think so. No, I think not at it's, all. I, it all exists in like re- relation to the to the other stuff. Yeah. So, like I said before, this is a great look at like their chord. They started. They were still poppy, but they were starting to do some interesting chord changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wrote this great catchy pop song and so many great catchy pop songs with no training. Like they were just a. Couple of fucking street rat kids. Like, <laughs> do you like, know? Like, why just... weren't these songs just G, C, and D? I yeah. don't know where they got these yeah. freaking changes from. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, it's. I think they're. I, th- I especially think Paul is a product of his environment, um, in that, you know, his father's a jazz musician. Yeah. Piano in the house. There's music in the family. Like everyone likes to like sit around the piano and play and sing. Right. Um, and I think he absorbs that. And you know, um, bring it back to another song, uh, "Your Mother Should Know." Like he wrote that with kind of the idea of like uh, one of his, the ideas is like you should maybe like listen to the older generation. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something there yeah. that's worth listening to. You know, yeah. your mother should know something. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I think he always kind of like had his ear to the past and, and that's a and that's a good example another good example of that show tune vibe which i think is mostly paul right yeah for the most so part, yeah. and the but sh- but like john i think knows just as much he does just he? doesn't like it quite he as doesn't much. Like, right but you ha- like he in order to do re- a song like honey pie and like john plays the solo on it which is this great it's jazz great little solo, solo yeah. but you've got to know what that comes from to do that yeah otherwise yeah. it comes out like uh if the stones were going to do something right. like that it's just going to be it it's not going to work Yes, yeah, you got to so, know what that and, is, and, and so it. show tunes are notoriously like crazy chord changes mm-hmm. and key changes all over the place. So I guess it was like si- the sing-alongs with his dad was like the kind of pop melody stuff, and then the show tune stuff is like his maybe his interest in more complex sort of things, and and the fact that they could do do they weren't writing you know good vibrations every song. Yeah, it, it was like they. Two and a half minutes, and like mm-hmm. they're in and out, and it's just so perfectly, yeah, you know, executed. And like, think of being, you know, twenty years old, and understanding and appreciating the value of a song like "Till There Was You," right? Which I'm 39, I cannot play "Till There Was You." Yeah, like I, I don't know the chords in that song; they are too tricky for That's my brain. Good, yeah. <laughs> but they're like, let's do that. Yeah, and like they have that 
uh, that background. So they've mm-hmm. got that knowledge that is it, it serves nothing but advantage mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah. Um, that's not totally. just like, you know, only Elvis, like yeah. just these, you know, you know, Bebopalula. That's all we do. They were drawing from a, a pretty deep well. Yeah, they got such. It's a also well. hard to to. Yeah, I have to keep reminding myself that there was nothing before to as like, and it. I think it was a huge advantage for them, even though at first you're like, well, if I didn't have, you know, like you, I think less capable writers and and performers, they wouldn't have anything to say without the kind of people that went before them Mm -hmm. but i think for them it was a huge advantage that they they just there was no self-consciousness about it they were in such a and that's part of being young um and it's part of not have not having any barriers up or rules up Mm -hmm. for them and i i kind of forget about that a lot um but i think they were just in this really super confident place where they weren't going Ooh, did that band do G minor, a G minor bridge? You know, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a lot of times when I go to write. There's so m- many years of of rock music and pop music yeah. that I'm like, oh no, I don't want that. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that. And someone's done that, and they're to that for them. It was like Bebopalula, or or it was till you know, or it's way more complex mm-hmm. jazz jazz stuff. So. Yeah. It's almost like they just had this blank slate and they completely took advantage of it. Yeah. Know, with this confidence that is unbelievable. For sure. So mm-hmm. there's no like coked up dipshit from the label being like, Well, we market tested this yeah. and <laughs> I think you guys are taking <laughs> right. it a little too far. Like there was no one restricting yeah. them. Yeah. Which sometimes maybe was to a fault. Um, and George Martin turned out You to like be, me too much. <laughs> uh, what's the other one? Um Run for uh, your life. Run for your life. Yeah, yeah that's like nothing some... about do- domestic violence, gang. Yeah. But, so, like, yeah. the fact that there was no one telling them to like reel it in totally. was like sometimes not great, but sure. you know, for the most part, worked out pretty well because yeah. they were like, "We're gonna do this. Deal with it." And the chemistry with George Martin, mm-hmm. who was their link to the recording and to maybe the past. You know, he was he was a lot older than them. Yeah. So the chemistry they had with him, if it, if that had been a different person, mm-hmm. it would have turned everything would have been different. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Even yeah. the songs that he didn't write stuff for, just having him in that mix, mm-hmm. you know, they call him the fifth Beatle. I think it was, you know, absolutely justified for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I I don't know I. I Two hundred twenty-three songs. <laughs> I don't know. I, is one sixty-nine appropriate? I have no idea. Again, I'd have to make a list of songs that definitely have an element that irks me. Yeah. Yeah. And put those at the bottom, and then see where this goes. But nothing that irks you. It's a perfectly fine song. It's a perfectly fine song. There's nothing wrong. And with I it. guess you're at the point in the list where it's going to be a lot of a lot of perfectly fine, fine songs, songs are yeah. coming up. Yeah. yeah, which is maybe a tough. That's a tough spot. It's a tough spot because a lot of people think that perfectly fine song is like top twenty. Right. And like not I'm, I'm out can... of my mind for having something at one sixty nine. So tell me what you think the number is where you're where you start getting excited. Where it's like, all right, mm. we're starting to get to like. Like on the opposite end of it has an element that irks me. It's like it has something that really like turns me on. I'm gonna say 
I want to say maybe top 100, top 75. Yeah. Because I feel like probably my top 100 to top, I'd say probably 100 to 25 are probably, there's probably some real spoilers in there that, uh, like if you didn't pick, going if you to pick surprise this here, then, people. Okay. Yeah. Here you want the list? Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's see where Do you, you get excited. List? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I thought know. he didn't tell even his wife. Oh, no. I have She just never list. looked at it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't care then. that much. You're like, I don't care. <laughs> I think there's a lot of stuff in the top 100 that will surprise and infuriate people. Um, uh, there's some You're stuff. You're going to start getting some heat. Dude, I know. I'm sure you already have, huh? Um, what week is this going to be? Let's see. I only got mad at you for one. I'm trying to think. <laughs> at me? No, no. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm just looking at you thinking. <laughs> Like, no, no. It's, 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 it's his ranking. He gets the wrath. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, week 82, I'm going to get cr- – week 81, <laughs> I'm going to get destroyed. Oh, dear. I'm going to get positively Ooh, destroyed. Okay. Should we be out of town? We or should plan a vacation town? for that week. <laughs> and just, just be like, hey, gang, I'm somewhere. not checking the Facebook Hire or Twitter. guards to stay in front of your house. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, so yeah, there's a lot of the hits in the top 100, right. obviously. But there's a lot of like deeper cuts in my top 100 that I just are like. Well, in any, I that connect you're to good, them better. Like I just yeah, love. And you're like those a songs. true Beatles fan, so yeah, it's it makes sense. They're also a band where the hits are just as good. Yeah, yeah. I'd venture to say you know probably my top. You know my top 10 might not be that far off from most people's. Some of them might be, but I think you're giving away a lot, sir. I'm no, better <laughs> zip it, buddy. zip it. We got a long way to go. We do have a long way to go. Yeah, and, I know, uh, and and it's not even the top ten. I'm curious about. It's like, it's like, yeah, when you 30. go from perfectly fine to like, this does something. I mean, the yeah. number one hundred. That's hard for me. Yeah, you know, that's when it starts getting hard. Well, and then there's other ones that like I'm excited to talk about. You know, like Wild Honey Pie. We haven't done that yet, mm. which some people find batshit crazy i'm kind of mad but i really enjoy that track as short and you know useless and weird as Mm -hmm. it is i really enjoy it and i think it'll be fun to figure out how to turn an hour episode into one from wild honey pie (laughs) uh but i think i can do it so i'm excited about that um it is original and unique i'll give it that yeah yeah so i feel like we've uh i feel like we've got we got a good pin in this one here i feel like we've done it yeah we talked you. about the lyrics. We talked about the chords. Yeah. Um, we talked about Ringo's live version of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I throw a couple of uh, rapid fire questions your way yep. before we wrap it up? It. Okay. Um, what is your favorite Paul McCartney bass line? Dear Prudence. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Funky. What do you think is your least favorite? Um. Which is Love tricky. Me do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot where it's like not the baseline. Well, half notes is, ain't doing it for you. Yeah, I mean, Love Me Do is I guess it's cool when it goes boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really being generous. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's Love Me Do is right. my first, is my gut reaction. <laughs> um, uh, of, of all the, the Beatles B-sides, the ones that you maybe don't know as well, uh, what's your favorite one? Um, please edit this out. Yeah. 
I don't know. God, I don't know. <laughs> you can phone a friend. You can look it up. It's fine. We'll edit it. You want to? It's on the list if you pull up the other tab. What? You have B sides listed. Everything's listed. If you, let me look tab? at it real quick. There's a uh, like an unranked tab on the bottom. Oh. And then there should be in like. Oh, but they're crossed color. out though. It's hard to read them. Oh. The only, uh, like I know the sequence of songs on the albums mm -hmm. and i don't that's it okay fair enough then don't don't worry about it I'll, no I'll, let me answer i'll scrap it. that no <laughs> let me answer it god damn it <laughs> the son of a it's any consolation <laughs> i, I didn't write down any uh, rapid fire so i'm like Pretus. Oh, rapid fire today. <laughs> Pretus. Ooh, that would be that'd be controversial <laughs> <laughs> I love a hot take. Okay. Uh, my favorite B-side is P.S. I Love You. Oh. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Taking it back. <laughs> the I'm back. The throwback. <laughs> I feel like so we should. Good. We need to learn that with the walrus. That's a good, uh, yeah, I would love to learn that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I can get down with that. I can do that one. Um, I love that you guys are playing the Ballad of John and Yoko now. I, I love that song. We've always played, We've always played that. Have you yeah. always played mm -hmm. it? I feel like I yeah. haven't. Like processed it until lately. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't. Maybe I just recently have really started to like it, and so it sticks out. I don't know. It's. Me. I think <laughs> when I started, when we st when we started the port shows, and I was just bringing like an acoustic and like a small amp, mm -hmm. and doing it doing it with an acoustic, I think made it more authentic. Totally. Uh, as opposed to just like an electric guitar going the whole yeah. time, like it gave I, it that I kind of space. I love the sound of one acoustic and one electric. Yeah. Hell isn't help like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I love, mm -hmm. I love that sound. Um, what do you think is uh, is Ringo's biggest fashion faux pas? Is it Pretus. is it the Jerry curl that he had in the seventies, or is it his current haircut? His current haircut's kind of strange. Like, what's happening there? Like, he went for like the the quarantine hair. Yeah, but like he's coming from a buzz cut, so it's just kind of this weird with aggressive coloring. Man, it is black. Yeah. <laughs> it's black as night. That dude's hair is dark. He's got a lot of them, but you know, it's Ringo. It's He's Ringo. just the happiest, <laughs> happiest fourth member drummer ever. Right. <laughs> you have to love him. I yeah. really do. He's, He's so, like a puppy. I adore Ringo. I even loved when he stopped signing autographs. I'm like, you know what? I don't know what it's like Never to be you. Not amused oh by that. Gosh. I don't know what it's like to be you. No one knows what it's like. So if anyone calls you a dick. Do, you can't list like. Can you imagine how many autographs he has signed in his lifetime? Imagine. Like, I would tap out too. I'd be like, I have carpal tunnel. But like, I cannot. Does he think that in announcing it to the press, <laughs> like, why not just not sign autographs? I'm warning you with peace and love. <laughs> After October twenty fourth, well, if he just stopped, then people no would be like, autographs. I never got my stuff back. Why isn't he signing my stuff? <laughs> And, but this way, he's like, I told you, yeah. October 20th. I threw it in the trash. And again, I don't know what it's like to be that famous. So yeah. I guess it makes sense that he's like announcing it and hoping people, to me, people, the crazy people trying to get autographs, they're not going to listen to him. They're going to track him down a parking lot sure. at a Denny's. For sure. And try <laughs> to get the to damn like, autograph. But it might deter some people. people. Yeah, totally. So like, it's half now. Right, right. <laughs> Can you imagine Ringo at a Denny's? <laughs> Let me get the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. No, that's an IHOP. It's IHOP. 
The full 99 grand slam. I could not see him at a Denny's. I could totally see him at an IHOP. It's a classier establishment for sure. Um, is there a McCartney part that you've ever sat down to learn and just been and just couldn't get? There is. Let me think. I feel like. Um, oh, I know what it is. It's. Um, it's on Ram. About living in the country. Heart of the country. Yes. Yeah. The baseline to that. Really? Okay. I. I Sat down to learn it, and it. I, I mean, I guess I could learn it if I tried, but mm-hmm. I just remember going, "Geez, and this is way more complicated <laughs> than I thought." Gonna move, gonna go, gonna tell everyone I know. I love that record. And it, ju- yeah, that's just like kind of a country to be feel, but it's somewhere mm. in there. It gets, it gets crazy. Yeah. Um. That's the yeah. That's that's one that gave me. Trouble. If you guys ever decide to get like saucy with the Walrus and Come do on. some like album shows, we like talk you, about it all yeah, the time. You should totally do Ram. I would be like front row. I like Ram a lot. Yeah, I'd be front row like singing all the songs. He's been doing all the press for Ram fiftieth. Fiftieth. That's a great album. Yeah. Do a show. Do a show. I'm gonna push for it. Well, we we, <laughs> we still gotta do like a Beatles album show. Yeah. I know. I'm not as excited about it either. I'm kind of with you. Because there's always one song on Beals out where I'm like, I know y'all want to do the album, but do we have to play a song? (laughs) Can we skip Maxwell Silver Hammer? (laughs) Fair enough. I think you should do something like completely out of the box, like Ram or something something that you haven't been playing. Like Mm -hmm. challenge yourselves to just like do something. He's a purist. He will not do it. I'm telling you. No? He will go, it's not the Beatles. (sighs) He is a purist. Oh man! <laughs> well, find find some other people and do it for me. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to to get like, you know, saying like Andre, I want to do Heart of the Country on our show. The mm-hmm. whole album might be too much. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Like, Time out. If we're adding one song, uh, right, what song is it from, from Ram? Ram? It's not going to be Heart of the Country. What is it? Maybe. In my car. Oh God! <laughs> Come on. You lost me. You lost what? me. What? I love that song. You don't like it's that song? So good, but like I do. It, it's it's like really the, hard. The one that comes to mind. It's so orchestral uh, at the end. All right, you don't fine. Have horns and everything. Fine. Don't do anything for me. Your me, biggest support. <laughs> Your do, partner in podcasting. You do Monkberry Moon Delight. Yes. Ooh. I like that song. That's tough. <laughs> That's a lot. That, his That's voice tough. is awesome. It's that nuts, man. It's crazy. It's wild. Oh, Uncle Albert. See, yeah, that's what everybody knows. <laughs> can I do that part? <laughs> yes, you can be the guest phone voice. Yes. The butter didn't melt, so I put it in the pie. What a lyric. <laughs> Ram, I love Ram On, even though it's not yeah. really a song. Yeah. That's a really cool little thing. It's such a good record. Okay, you can play We bought my niece a ukulele a few years ago, and that was the first thing I learned how to do was play right. Ram On. Nice. <laughs> it's like, well, I can play oh, this ad nauseum for four hours. Well. All of his first tracks on his solo albums oh, great. have like the same, like too many people. Is like, what's chaos in creation? What's the first song on that? Fine line. Fine line. Mm-hmm. And they all have that kind of like old man rock vibe. <laughs> you know, yeah. they all have like the same kind of feel. Yeah, they're and they're awesome. Uh, too many people. I love that. It's song. a jam. That's a jam. Okay, you can pick any. You can pick any song off that record and throw it in the set. Just sneak it in. 
Hope Andre doesn't notice. Listeners, you're, you're watching our, our Beatles cover band turn into a Wings cover band on the podcast. Really Julia's fun. master plan. <laughs> this is what she's always wanted. We always joked about starting a, a husband and wife Wings cover band called Wangs. <laughs> and like the logo of the W was just like dicks instead. <laughs> We're going to get t-shirts made. Yeah, we always talk awesome. about getting shirts made yep. for that. Well, Dave, that's all I got today. I didn't write enough rapid-fire questions. I love, thank so. y'all for having me back. It was, uh, I was busy with our show last night. so No, that's good. And again, this is a song that is great. There's not too much to say about it, I guess. Yeah. but um, We had a good time talking about we it. Had a good we did. Time we did. Anything you uh, want to tell the listeners about that's going on that you want to draw their attention to? I don't, honestly, no. I don't know what my schedule is. I'm so glad this past weekend is over. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I got nothing. Yeah. Fair enough. You deserve I'm, to have I'm nothing. I'm surprised y'all got this much out of me. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm notoriously just not interesting. <laughs> I well, beg to differ. Our listeners' stats say otherwise. <laughs> Uh, you're playing a regular Sunday show at Coconut Beach in Kenner. Co- yes. That's fun. The Coconut Bras. Yes. B-R-A-H-S. <laughs> yes. And it's a new name every month, right? We try to do a new name every week. Every week. But okay. it's been a little spotty. It, we got rained out. and mm-hmm. But it's fun. You know, it's uh, once you get out there, it, you feel like you're in Florida or something. It's kind of eerie. You're in Kenner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a whole, it a like, little time. complex they have over yeah, there. Yeah, it's really it's nice. It's really nice. Yeah, someone asked me the other day, we're planning to actually go to Florida in a few weeks. This is, like, our first time leaving uh, since you. pre-COVID. Get to the beach. You do. Yeah. Um, and they were like, uh, oh, have you traveled at all during COVID? I was like, the furthest we've been from home is Kenner. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. <laughs> we well, we go to Kenner. Costco. The depths, that's <laughs> Kenner. Like the depths of Kenner. <laughs> it is far. I mean, it's, it's Jeep G- Kenner. The first Jeep time Kenner. my GPS said 25 minutes, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because no. like mid Kenner is 20 minutes. Yeah. But this yeah. is Jeep Kenner. Yeah. We got to get y'all out there. Come sing some Beatles. Yeah, yes. man. For sure. Always. Yeah. Good well, David, stuff. thank you, my friend. This has been a pleasure. Thank and, uh, you, guys. Thanks for coming back on the show. We'll have you back again as we get further in. Awesome. If you want to do another, we can pick one that you actually like. I was going to say, do <laughs> it, has anyone picked a song and then is like, just call me when that song comes up? Uh, I think there's a couple that are like tentatively on hold mm-hmm. for some. Like uh, Sean Nelson really wanted to do um, You Won't See Me. Uh, but we did another one with him first, and it was like, well, come back, and he's like, well, you know, if I enjoy it, I'll come back and do the other one, too. So we had him, he came back and did the second nice. one. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we can... Surprise, we, can f- we don't suck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can find one come. for you and, and, and put the put reserved on Sweet. it. Yeah. yeah Excellent. It. Well, Thank thanks, y'all. buddy. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Yes. Later, Thank dude. You. That's Dave Pomerlo, everybody. How about that? How do you feel about that one, Julia? Pretty good. We covered a lot of territory. We sure did. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting to have found myself in a Beatles uh, cover band. It's kind of the thing I always hoped I would do. Aww. Aside from actually being in the Beatles, which and obviously I, not going to happen. But. Yeah, and I love all the people that are in the band with you. They're all super fun, and I think you all respect each other as musicians mm-hmm. and people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like Dave said, you know, if someone does something not perfect, you laugh about it because you know 
that that person knows you know that they know <laughs> that they fucked up right and so you don't have to tell them that they fucked up because they know they fucked up oh yeah so and we just laugh and you just laugh about it and move on and just have a good time because you're bringing people joy exactly and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and that is the best thing to do with Beatles music is bring people joy for sure so that's what we try to do sorry if this turned into a promotion for our <laughs> for our band today that's fine. I didn't mean for it to be like that. You're amazing. Deal oh, with it, people. Oh, oh, oh. Well, friends, what do you guys think about what fucking songs? Are what do you guys think about "From Me to You" at number one sixty nine? Is it uh, on the money? Is it way off base? Or is it a uh, don't do it right in that sweet, sweet, sweet spot? I don't know what that is. <laughs> you taking <laughs> away my joy. <laughs> All right, fine. Taking away my porridge. Or is it just like Baby Bear's porridge and just right? (laughs) Yes. It lives on. Let us know what you think in the comments section on on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're not following us on there, you can find us on Facebook at... Ranking the Beatles. You can find us on Twitter at... Ranking Beatles. And you can also follow us on Instagram at... Ranking the Beatles. We would love to hear... You tried what... to trip me up there. I did, right? Oh, I got you. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, we would love to hear what y'all think about our placement of From Me to You. So let us know. And if you enjoy it, please tell a friend. Uh, we would love to talk to them as well. And uh, also, if you're digging it, leave us a review if you're able to. We love reading uh, the reviews that y'all leave for us on your podcast providers of choice. It makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So thanks for that. Well, I think that's about it for this week. What do you think? You think we're good? Put a pin in it. Let's put a pin in it, my friends. So until next week, everyone take care. Uh, We'll see you on the next one. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all.